0: Well, good morning, everybody. Um, I don't know if I can handle all of these accolades that I'm getting since I've been here. I've been in the church now; it's getting near three three years. I've been referred to as um, a, a statesman, and now a legend. You know, I. But if you want to keep them coming, it's okay because I. <laughs> I am I am encouraged by it. All right, better late than than never. That's what they say, isn't it? Um. Uh, I'm I'm a bit confused and of course you might say, well it doesn't take much to confuse an Irishman, does it, really? Did you hear the one how do, how to confuse an Irishman put two shovels against the wall and tell him to take his pick? <laughs> oh yeah, you're a bit slow. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> They're a bit slow. Not like us Irish, are they? No. Um I I, I was intending what I'm gonna share now, I was intending to to speak on that back a couple of weeks ago but after after the vision night and it was a great vision no no doubt about it uh and then this being the month where the church was started something like four years ago i thought i'll i'll speak on something else but i've kind of reverted back to what i I was originally going to speak on now i don't do this all the time in fact i can't ever recall ever doing this But it was just one song that we were singing that really uh, struck uh, home to my heart. Jesus Christ, our living hope. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus Christ, our, our, our living hope. And it took me back to what I was originally going to speak on. And so I'm really... I'm really trusting the Lord this morning, so you might not have a, a long sermon uh, this morning, but I'm really just trusting that maybe the Holy Spirit will bring back to my memory uh, the things that I had studied beforehand. Uh, now, you might think, wow, what an incredible, super spiritual man that is. No, it's, it's not. I'm just, I'm just really stepping out a little bit this morning. I'm going to revert back to what uh, I was originally going to speak about. Uh, So we'll see how we get on, all right? Can you turn with me to Peter's epistle? If you have a Bible, Peter's epistle. And I want to read to you uh, from 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. And just... uh, Three or four verses of scripture. Bible theologians would call this a, a doxology of praise. In fact, in a lot of the, the epistles, they start off with uh, a note of praise and thanksgiving to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see that in Paul's epistles, uh, and you see it here in, in Peter's epistle uh, as well, who's reading, uh, writing to a group of people who are experiencing fierce persecution. Um, 1st Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, he says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish. Wow, that's wonderful, isn't it? Spoil or fade. Kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. If God doesn't bless what I say this morning, I know that God will always bless uh, his word. Let me let me let me let you in on a a little secret, okay? I I want to let you know, know what is one of my one of my favorite movies. Would you like to know what it is? It is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. No, 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 it's not that. No. It's, it's a movie that um, many people now would, would say it is amongst their uh, favorite movies. And this movie is certainly in my top three. It is a prison drama. Anybody got any ideas as to what it is? It's a prison drama. Morgan Freeman is in it. The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. How many have seen the movie? All right. Oh, I see those hands. And it is a favorite. And one of the reasons why I like it is that there are some great one-liners in it. And I'm going to give you one one or two of the one-liners. It's either get busy living or get busy dying. (laughs) And then there's another expression. Fear can make you a prisoner, but hope can set you free. Hope can set you free. If I was to give my message a a title this morning, I would call it, Fear Will Make You a Prisoner, But Hope Can Set You Free. And near the end of the movie, after uh, uh, Andy, I think his name was, after he had made his dramatic escape and Red got out of prison, uh, Andy had written to uh, uh, Andy, uh, or to Red, a, a, a letter, and I'm just paraphrasing it a, a little bit, and he said, so you see, Red, hope is a good thing. In fact, of all things, hope is probably one of the greatest things, and something as wonderful as hope will never die. But you know What? I've been a Christian now for for 50 years, as I said at the uh, Truth Project uh, yesterday, this is my golden anniversary year of being a Christian, and from the time I became a Christian, I, I, I had a hope within my heart, and it is a living hope, it is never, never going to die. Isn't that wonderful? And we sang about it this morning, Jesus Christ, our living hope, so for 50 years, I've had this hope and it is never going to die because it is a a living hope and things have happened in my life as things have happened in your life we have the ups and downs of life don't we i can think about a mother who i've lost i can think about a a dear wife who is ill and people might say to me well hasn't that darkened your hope and i uh, reply by saying no if anything it has enhanced my hope In fact, I look all the more forward to the hope that I have in Jesus Christ. And Peter is writing to a group of people who are being persecuted who are going through difficulties that as yet we know nothing about, but who knows, it may come, a day may come when we will be more persecuted for our faith than what we've ever known before. But he's writing to a group of people who are experiencing hard times, and he's trying to lift their spirits by saying, we have a hope. Look beyond the problems and the difficulties of life and see the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. It is a living hope. It is a hope that will never, never die. Christian hope is the deep confidence that the future is bright and not because of orange. You remember that commercial, don't you? The future's bright, the future's orange. No, the future is bright for us as Christians, but it's not because of orange. It's because of Jesus. It's because of the living hope that he has given to us. Now, trust that my memory will hold out okay here. But Peter talks about this hope here. At the very beginning, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, thank God for the mercy of God, but in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time and as Peter talks about this hope here um, he highlights three things for us first of all he takes us back in the past to a resurrection in the past the resurrection of of Jesus Christ and he says that this is the basis of our hope we have been given a new birth thank God when we become uh, Christians it's not a matter of turning over a new leaf thank God we get a new life we get a new life in Jesus Christ and he takes us back to a resurrection in the past I'm sorry that Dan has gone out at this point where is he but maybe he 'll come you 'll have to tell him about this grace anyways. there was a, a musical you may have heard of the musical called Carousel and there is a uh, football club uh, in the north yeah northwest of England that have taken this song and it now has become their Theme song. Do you know the song that I'm talking about? Should I, should I sing it to you? I, I, am, I, am expecting, I am expecting every Liverpool supporter to sing this song, all right? Uh, so I'll sing it to you. And I would imagine if Dan had been here, he would have sang it as well. But it goes something like this. When you walk through the storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark. At the end of the storm, there's a golden sky and the sweet silver sound of a lark. Am I doing okay up to now? Oh, the man's coming back already. All right. <laughs> And then it carries on to say, Walk on through the storm, walk on through the rain, though your dreams be tossed and blown. All right, everybody together now. Come on, Dan. Walk on, walk, oh yeah, with hope in your heart. Come on, Dan. And you'll never walk alone. Come on. Walk alone. And you, call, and you call yourself a Liverpool supporter. You are pathetic. You really are. A Liverpool supporter, but you he he's not even prepared to sing the song associated with your club. Oh, dear. Actually, mustn't mock too much near the top of the league there, aren't they? Only Chelsea on goal difference, but never mind. Never mind. But you know what? It's a great song. Actually, you know, when I hear those Liverpool supporters singing it, I could almost be converted to a Liverpool... Almost, (laughs) almost. But the interesting thing about that song is it doesn't say why we've got a hope. All right, it may imply it, but it doesn't specifically say why we've got a hope. But you know what? I can specifically say, I have got a hope because of Jesus, and I have got a hope because he came out of the grave. (laughs) 2,000 years ago, Jesus came out of the grave, and the Bible says that he is the first fruits, as it were. In other words, he is the guarantee that I'm going to have a resurrection as well, and that my future is bright, and not because of orange. Jesus came out of the grave. Apparently, the The uh, miners used to have a, uh, when they were having a strike, they used to have a saying, one out, all out. Well, because Jesus came out of the grave, a day is coming when I'm going to come out of the grave, and that's a part of my hope. That's part of the hope that I have in Jesus Christ. And when you've got a hope, friends, it it puts a spring in your step because this is not the end. Because Jesus came out of the grave. There's something more for me. There is a hope. That nobody can take away. The hope of the resurrection. You just read about it in in Corinthians. and uh, I like a, especially that passage of Scripture in Thessalonians. Where, where Paul is talking about the, the, the dead shall be raised. And we shall be caught up in the air. It's part of our hope. But... But, but he says, before he goes into that, he says, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. I'll try to get a little bit excited about this. We believe <laughs> that Jesus died and rose again. And then he launches into our hope. And friends, I believe That my Savior died for me. And I believe that he rose again. And I believe that because of that, I have a hope. I have a hope. Let's go on quickly. Hey, this is looking good. This could be a 20-minute sermon, folks. (laughs) Hold on to your seats. So he takes us back to an event in the past, the resurrection of Jesus, when he talks about this hope. And then he... And then he he talks about a salvation in the future after taking us back to the past he propels us into the future and he says this he says who through faith are shielded by god's power unto the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time in fact i i really like how he refers to the hope that we have to an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you. And then, and then he sums this up, this inheritance and this hope by referring to it as the coming of the salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Now having taken us into the past, he now propels us into the future and he talks about this coming salvation. A coming salvation I love the word salvation, don't you? We must never jettison it from our preaching or from our theology. And in fact, it, it, is, it is a very comprehensive word, salvation. And I, I suppose if I could simplify this the best I can, what, what does salvation mean? Salvation simply means that we have been rescued. Wow. Wow. Don't you love those stories on the television and on the news when you hear about people who've been rescued? Do you like that on the point of death, but they were rescued. Wow, I love those stories rescued and when the New Testament talks about salvation, it talks about it in three different ways for and and once again this is this is um, Nothing new as regards this, but the, the, the New Testament does talk about salvation in these three different ways. First of all, we, we have been rescued. We have been rescued from the penalty of sin. Ephesians 2 talks about, for by grace you are saved. We've been rescued. You can't get rescued by your works. You can only get rescued by grace. I like the story about a, a man who was knocking on the doors of heaven. Angel comes to the door and says, Yeah, what do you want? The man says, Well, I, I, I want to get into heaven. He says, Well, you just can't do that. He says, um, "He said, Tell me something about yourself. Well, I'm a Christian. Well, Okay all right you're a Christian so what but can you tell me a little bit more about he says well well i i went to church every now he, first of all the angel said now you, you need 1000 points to get into heaven and so he says to the man he says so, so tell me something about it well i'm a well i'm a christian and i go to church every every week he says well that'll give you two points oh my two points i've still got 900 and ninety eight to go? He says, Yeah, I'm afraid so. Carry on. What else do you do? Well well I, I gave my I gave my tithes and my offerings into the local church and I, I try to I try to live the best kind of life that I I possibly could. And the angel says, Well that takes you up to ten points. And he's gasping. He says, and the angel says, what, "What more have you done?" Well, well, I try to look after my neighbor, and and, and, and uh, Well, he says that I've calculated now that out of what you need one thousand, I have now calculated that you got seventy-eight points. And the man said, "Oh, at this rate, the only way I'm going to get into heaven is by the grace of God." <laughs> you got it? <laughs> grace. Grace is not a lady called grace, incidentally. Grace. We're saved by grace. We're rescued by grace. Because Jesus took the punishment that was mine. And when I believe that, grace begins to operate in in, in my life. And so, I, I have been rescued. And guess what? I'm being rescued. I'm being rescued we're all under construction. Did you realize that? Did you know that we're all damaged goods under repair? And, and be patient with me. God has God not finished with me yet. I like this story. Actually, you'll probably go ouch when I tell you the story. I, every time I read this story, I go ouch. But I, I like this, the story about the uh, Indian philosopher who said to a group of, of, of Christians, he says, you you Christians, you, you claim that uh, Jesus is your Savior, but you don't look more saved than anybody else. Ouch. <laughs> Boy, that cuts deep, doesn't it? But there's truth in that. Come on. We say that we're saved. We say that we have been rescued and that and that Jesus is rescuing us. Well then, we need to look as if we're being saved. But you Christians don't look more saved than anybody else. Ooh. I don't like stories like that, do you? Cuts too deep. So we have been rescued. We are being rescued. And and guess what? We will be rescued because Peter talks about the coming salvation. I like what the writer to the Hebrews says, talking about the ministry of uh, angels, he says, are not they sent to minister to those who will become the heirs of salvation? And, And Paul, when he was writing to the Romans, he said, now is your salvation nearer than when you first believed. And that's the hope, that someday my salvation in its entirety is going to be completed. Now, you can't imagine... As you view me this morning that there's coming a day when i'm going to be a lot better looking than what i am now you can't imagine that it's not hard to believe that with dan but you you'd struggle with that with me wouldn't you there's coming a day when we're going to have glorified bodies we're not going to have these aches and pains that we have i tell you i keep telling the people you know this getting older is not agreeing with me hearing aids, cataracts, creaky bones. But there's coming a day when my salvation will be complete. And the Bible talks about the redemption of our bodies. Wow. What a hope. It's a living hope. And Jesus is the one who gives me that hope. Someday I'm going to look upon you in your glorified body. And wow. It's going to be wonderful. Isn't it? Well, don't get too excited about it. But it's going to be. It's going to be wonderful. It's our hope. It's our hope. And all that that entails, we'll live in a new world, a new heaven, and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. A perfect environment. That's my hope. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, I hope you are as well. Hey, you know, this, the, the Christian life, it's not about pie in the sky when you die, is it? You know, but, but it's also about steak on the plate while you wait. Uh, it, it, but having said that, what we have in this life is nothing in comparison to what we will have in the life to come. So there's these three tenses of salvation. We, we have been rescued we are being rescued, and we will be rescued. A man from the, in the deep south of America, he said a prayer once, and it was recorded. African American, I think. And the prayer went something like this. Lord, I, I ain't what I should be, and I ain't what I'm going to be. But I thank you, I ain't what I was. That's good theology. None of us are what we should be. None of us are what we're going to be. But thank God, I hope none of us are what we were. that Jesus is changing us, that He's rescuing us. I've still got <laughs> I've still got so many things in my life that Jesus needs to rescue me from. What about you? Am I the only person that thinks like this? Oh, oh you, must be, you must be a perfect Lord. Maybe you've got your salvation already. But there's so many things in my life that every day I say, Oh, God, will you, will you rescue me from that stinking bad attitude? So we have a hope. It takes us to an event in the past, a resurrection. That's why we have a hope. And then he propels us to a salvation in the future. And then he talks about a power in, in the present. Now, you might be sitting there and, and maybe you're not even a Christian or maybe you are a Christian and you're thinking to yourself, Jim, you know, the kind of life that you're talking about, uh, I just can't do it. Uh, <laughs> hey, hands up, I can't do it either. I mean, read the Sermon on the Mount on its own, and you say, "Ah, this is impossible stuff. How am I expected to live a life like that? And you might be sitting there, hey, well, it's commendable, you Christians, and, and this is the lifestyle that you think that you should live. But look, I just can't do it. That kind of life is just beyond me. In fact, for me even to start off, I'll probably be off the radar screen by the time of this coming salvation comes i i I just won't be able to keep it well the good news about our hope is this is that there is a power that is keeping us until the coming of this coming salvation and he says here Notice what he says here. Kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation. Oh, friends, thank God. There's something that is going to keep me and preserve me until I reach my hope. And it is this, the power of God. Or the power of God, as we say in Ireland. Yeah. Is that right, Ann? Yeah? Yeah, of course. The power. The power of God. Hey, it's it's impossible to live the Christian life without the power of God. And each and every one of us, whether we've been a Christian for two minutes or, or 20 years or 50 years, all of us need to tap in to the power of God. The power of God. The power of God that was demonstrated in creation, the power of God that was demonstrated in in, in history, and the power of God that was demonstrated in, in, in the resurrection of Jesus. Through faith, we need to tap into that power to keep us going. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need baptism in Holy Spirit. That's, that's why there, we have an emphasis upon uh, the, the fullness of the Spirit and the baptism of the Spirit because it's a place whereby we get our power. And that power keeps us going until we reach our coming salvation. I've almost finished, don't worry. I forgive you, you see? The power of God enabled me to forgive that person there going up while I was speaking. You see that <laughs> we don 't mind that, do we? The power of God, let me just I'll almost finish going back to one thousand nine hundred and fifty one when the um, the m one motorway was open, I think it was 1951, from from London reaching to the Midlands as a special uh, opening ceremony. Um, they got some of the top drivers in their in their flash cars. I think I think Sterling Moss was one of the drivers they got, and he was able to get in his Ferrari or whatever he was driving. He was able to get to, to, from London right to the Midlands in about an an hour, an hour and a half. The next week, the M1 was open to everybody, and everybody was getting in their bangers, their old cars, and their Skodas, although they have a better reputation now. Skoda, don't they, yeah, than what they used to have. And, uh, and it was an absolute catastrophe because the hard sh- shoulder was, was strewn with cars that couldn't make the journey. They just didn't have the power. They just didn't have the ability. But when we become Christians, God promises a power that will enable us to get to the end of the journey and to, and to experience and know the hope that is promised to us in Jesus Christ.